man, wasn't that sweet worship this morning? Come on. Man, it's Sunday. I didn't have to say it. It's Sunday. What is it? It is absolutely fun day, man. We have this opportunity to gather as his church to sing praises to an amazing, awesome God and continue to celebrate life change with his son, Jesus Christ. I don't think it gets any better than that, right? Amen? All right, all right. Well, a couple of things. Good morning to you who are joining us online. We love the fact that you will be able to tune in, and we love the fact that we have the technology and a team to make it possible. We wish you were here, but I pray today that the Word of God touches your heart and tells you how much He loves you. And I also say that to those who are guests today. Good morning to you. If you are newer with the Vertical, man, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. Hopefully you just have, you experience some of that sweet worship. You realize how much God loves you through his son, Jesus Christ. And before you hit those doors and engage with real life, I pray that you experience that for yourself. Uh, if you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I pray before you walk out the door, you surrender your life to Jesus. We're all about Jesus in this place to make more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. You know, Pastor Dre talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to kind of poke it a little bit more this morning about our vertical celebration November 19th. We have that, we're kicking that off. It's a day for us to come together, gather as his church to praise him for what he's been doing throughout this year. And if you've been around here for a while, you've seen what he's been doing this year. Uh, we put the quarterly connect out uh, a few weeks ago, talking about what God has been doing. That's outdated information. Just want to share that, share that with you. Yeah, we don't have uh, 38 salvations this year. We have 41 salvations right now. Come on. We don't have 33 baptisms. We have 43 baptisms this year, right? And that's all I'm going to share. You have to be here the 19th. God's doing some really cool things here, um, and you're a part of that. Thank you so much, which tells me I need to talk to you about, about the budget. You know, Pastor Dre shared, it's out there. The proposed 2024 budget is in the lobby. If you're a partner of Vertical Church, we ask you to grab a copy of that. This is our plan. Our, we've been praying. It's been prayed through with the elders, with the stewardship team, and the business office, and myself. We've been putting it together for many months. We believe this is where God is leading us, and we continue to grow. We need to be, a, be on board with that. So if you have any questions, it's on email right there. You can get back with us. But this is what we're calling you to do as a partner. Look at it. See where we're at, where we're going, and we're going to ask you to vote for it on November 19th in the morning, and we're going to come back and celebrate on the 19th in the night. You got that? Got you with me? Woo! Come on. All right. Well, open your Bibles. No one likes to talk about business stuff, right? It's like, yay, let's get back, let's get back to Jesus. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 2. We're kicking the first chapter 2 this morning. We're starting at verse 4. If you grab an orange Bible on the way in, you'll find on page 828. This morning, church, we have this blessed opportunity to dig back into our latest series, Breakthrough, Finding Victory in a Defeated World. What we've been doing is together as a church, we've been walking through the book of 1 Peter, allowing God through his word to reveal the roadmap for you and I to make it happen. How do we have victory in this defeated world? And I, I think I don't have to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, but I think every single one of us in this room has faced hardship in life. I think some of you are walking through that right now. You're here. You're dealing with stuff. It's right in front of you. That's the purpose of the series. The purpose of the series is to, to give us what we need to get the other side. Because when I read scripture, I see this idea that we're not just to survive this broken world. God has called us to thrive in this broken world. And so as we walk through this series, we're digging into steps that we can build into our lives. When adversity hits, 
when suffering increases, when anxiety overwhelms us and settles into our world, I mean, when hurt happens. Come on, church. You know hurt happens, right? It's real. When hurt happens, we know how to get to the other side. So we don't just, so we learn how to stand with this inexpressible and glorious joy we talked about last week in a world that has multiple avenues to make sure that doesn't happen. In fact, Peter, at the end of this letter, in chapter 5, each week we've been taking a step learning how to find victory, but every step is based on this one truth. In chapter 5, verse 12, you can see it on the screen. He says, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you, encouraging you, and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. The grace of God. My grace is sufficient for you. This is where we stand. This is how we stand. This is how we live in a broken world with great joy. Because God's grace and his strength, and it's in that strength we become immovable objects of faith. You with me on that? Now, if you missed last week or any of the previous conversations, I want to encourage you to hit hit up our podcast because it sets the foundation in what we've been walking through as we start building a life of victory. And, and we want you to walk through it with us, but you need to go back and listen to the other messages. This morning, we continue this, this road building, this avenue for us by realizing there is a purpose for everything before us. So if you have your Bibles open, starting at verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 4, or page 828, it says, As you come to him, The living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Let's stop right there. As we come to Jesus, our living stone, our living Savior, Peter says that God had chosen him for a purpose. And if we're honest, it's a purpose that we rejoice about. Because what Jesus has done for us. Humanity had rejected him. We at one point ourselves rejected him. But in a life surrendered to Christ, we see God and his purposes and our purpose in life becomes pretty evident. Now, the disconnect for us is that many times we live life as if it doesn't have purpose, especially when we are, we're in the midst of pain or hardship. Many times when we are faced with this, our goal in these moments is just to simply survive. Think about this. When was the last time you came up to something, a hardship, suffering, depression, anxiety, whatever it was, you came right to your doorstep and you thought, I only need to get to the other side of this. I only need to get the other side of what's in front of me. I only need to get to the end of the month. I only need to get to the end of this meeting. I only need to get the end of this season. I only need to get the end of this treatment. I only need to get the end of this week. I only need, you put the, fill in the blank. I only need to get to the other side. Friends, that's a survivor mentality, not a thriver mentality. 
I, if I only get to the other side. See, if we look at what's happening in our lives, if we're going through bad luck or karma, which is junk, and we look at things in life and say, we just need to get to the other side of it, we almost never, ever think there's a divine order of a things that maybe, that maybe God has a plan in it. See, we serve a God of order. We serve a God of purpose. And I think if we were to step back and see the bigger picture is all things of our Heavenly Father, we would understand this. See, we see this in Scripture over and over and over again. God showed, showed order and purpose in all that he does. Order and purpose in his creation. That he made everything from nothing. And it works for a purpose. What? To bring him glory. He chose Adam, I mean, sorry, Abraham, to set in motion to build his people, Israel, the Jews, to be holy, set apart. Why? So they could be a people of purpose to point the nations around them to the one true God. Purpose. Then he had him in Egypt. His people were in Egypt, and they were, and they were struggling through being slaves, right? And God chose Moses to set them free. That was purpose. Later, his people were set free, and they rejected God and started living for themselves and started worshiping other gods. And God came down with his heavy fist and sent his own people to captivity once more. He says, you won't follow me. You will worship other gods. I'm bringing some divine purpose into your life. So we turn that around. He brought these uh, neighboring nations into Jerusalem, shut it all down, brought these people into captivity. But while they were there, he says, I know the plans I have for you. You're in this place. Jerusalem, the holy city is destroyed. But I have a plan for you. In about seven years, seven years, you're coming out. That's a God of purpose. And I think he showed his greatest purpose through Jesus Christ. Rejected by man. Chosen by God. Since sin entered the world, God said that he would send the one that would change everything. And guess what? He did. God is a God of order and purpose. Back in chapter 1, it tells that the prophets searched. The Old Testament prophets searched and researched for this day to come, for the one to come. And they realized it wasn't for their time. It was a time to come. That's order and purpose. In fact, Paul who's a follower of Jesus, wrote about this in a letter, wrote a bunch of letters to churches. He wrote this in a, in a letter of Colossians. He says, I have become a servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in, in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but now has been disclosed to Lord's people. Friends, that mystery that Paul is referring to, the spiritual house that Peter is proclaiming that we're being built into, is the church. 
And just as Jesus was chosen to live, die, and defeat the grave for our purpose, we too have been chosen to live, die, and rise from the graves and live for a purpose. So we're talking about this thing called pain, frustration. Point number one this morning is that you have been chosen for a purpose. Now that's the next level up from week one, right? When week one we said you are God's chosen people, you are elected. Now he says you have been chosen for a purpose. Friends, we are chosen people for a chosen time. That's what Peter was revealing to these exiles. And that's what God is revealing to every single one of us in this room. There's a purpose that God chose them to live in the first century to be his people. And there's a purpose that God chose us right here, right now, to be his people in the 21st century. Remember, the Bible just doesn't tell us what happened As we read, it reveals to us what will always happen, meaning the truth revealed to the church 2,000 years ago is the same truth being proclaimed to you and me this morning. We are a chosen people for a chosen time. The church is an amazing movement of God throughout time and history. It's a coming revealed of a new order of things. Its purpose revealed the depths of God's love for his creation. And Peter is saying that we are a part of it. Come on. This idea of being royal priesthood that offers spiritual sacrifices points to the purpose of every single one of us who have said yes to Jesus. We are are God's representatives. We are his ambassadors. In a world filled with darkness and chaos and suffering and pain and deceit and power control and oppression, which they were living with back then. And we find ourselves standing in this morning in this world we live in. He's reminding us that we are his representatives, God's representatives, pointing to the world back to God. We are chosen. And we have been chosen for a purpose. And friends, point number two, that purpose is far greater than ourselves. Far greater than ourselves. Look, go on to look verse six. It says, for in scripture it says, see, I lay down a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts him will never be put into shame. Now you to li- who believe the stone is precious. But to those who don't believe, do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them, all, make them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message which they were also destined for. Stop there again. Not only was a church established for a purpose, but we are all called to be a part of that purpose. And the purpose that Peter is revealing is far exceeds what we can ask or imagine. Friends, in this world, there there are two groups of people. Jesus makes it very clear in Matthew that he calls them one is goats and the other are sheep. In Luke, he says some are lost and some are found. Here in 1 Peter, he says those who believe and those who don't believe. And the purpose 
of the church is to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, the gospel of our living hope. We are the church. That is our purpose. That was, that's what God has called us to do. And again, we are living right here, right now, for such a time as this. Several hundred years before Jesus was born, there was, there was a woman who lived, her name was Esther. Esther was a Jewish woman who was chosen to be queen of the Persian Empire. Her nationality was a Jew, and it was hidden. The Jews were God's chosen people. It became clear there was a plot to kill the Jews in the kingdom. Now Mordecai, Esther's guardian, heard of the plan to kill all the Jews. He tore his clothes and sat in ashes to demonstrate his mourning of what was to come. And then he went to the kingdom's gates. And he sent messages back and forth to Esther to stand before the king to put an end of this declaration to put, that was going to take out, put an end to the people, his people, her people. Well, Esther feared for her life. She understood to come before the king uninvited would mean he could take her life. So she replied to Mordecai that she wasn't sure that was something that she could do. And Mordecai came back and replied with this. Look on the screen, Esther chapter 4. He says, do not think that because you are the king's house, you are alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will rise from another place. But you and your family, father's family will perish. And who knows? Who knows? But you may have come to your royal position for such a, such a time as this. You might die. Your family might die. Your people might surely die. But who knows? Maybe, maybe you can put right here, right now, for a time as this. Maybe, Esther, this could be your purpose. And that purpose is far greater than you, your fear, your position, where you're sitting. Your purpose sits with an almighty God himself. Not your own salvation, but maybe God's put you in a position to save the multitude before you. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you and I are here for such a time as this. People are dying every day without accepting the love and hope through Jesus Christ. We have been given a purpose, and that purpose is lived out that it's far greater than you and I alone. But what happens when we hurt, when we feel impressed, we only think about the pain. We only think about the pain that's in us, happening to us, or coming before us. Think about this. Show me by raising your hands who here has ever hit their finger with a hammer. Show me. About half of us. The other half, do we know what a hammer is? Come on. I just learned last week, right? 
So listen, you hit your hand with a hammer. You smash your finger and it hurts. We're not sitting there looking at our foot when our finger is paused. We're not like, hey, what's going on down there, are we? Hey, what's, what's going on with this other foot? No, we're concentrated on the pain. We're focusing on the hurt. We're wrapping our finger, other hand around it, hoping like it could go away, praying that we'd hold our tongue, right? We're looking for some ice to bring some comfort. We're asking for a bandage to cover it over. We're holding it and nurturing it. We're giving it our full attention, ignoring everything else about us. That's what happens when we experience pain in our own lives. Suffering in life when it comes to our purpose. When our lives get rocked, when they're turned upside down, as we feel like we're living in darkness, when the pain comes and we feel like our lives are being smashed by a hammer, our first reaction is to forget everything else around us and tend to our every need for ourselves. We just need to survive. We need to get to the other side of this moment. Our world has a tendency to get smaller as the damage becomes greater. That's a victory. Oh, it's not a victory for God. It's not a victory for Jesus Christ. Man, that's a victory for Satan. Our enemy loves nothing more than to take us down so we can't be effective for the kingdom. We're going to dig into this in a few weeks, but when we forget our purpose in the middle of a pain, we don't win. Our enemy does. We might, like Esther, find our immediate relief for ourselves and what we're walking through, but we completely miss the eternal purpose that God is calling us to. Friends, when we're walking through this, we're dealing with the realities of this broken world we're in. When we are God's children, when we align ourselves for his purposes, even in the middle of the pain or suffering, you know what happens? The impossible starts to happen. We stand. We're strong. We're immovable. And the world around us says, how can you walk through what you're walking through and still proclaim Jesus? My grace is sufficient for you. I'm made perfect in his weakness. In my weakness. He is perfect in my weakness. It may be sound a little crazy. Rich, what are we talking about suffering? You're talking about proclaiming Jesus. They go hand in hand, friends. Because right now, I guarantee some of us in this room are walking through some hardship. And it's impacting your proclaiming Christ. Your light is dimming. Your world is shrinking. And Peter's saying, don't. Step up. Brighten up. Stand fast in the middle of your hardship and proclaim who you are in Jesus Christ. 
We're chosen for a purpose, and the purpose is far greater than ourselves. Then we have to simply decide, will you live it or will you derail it? Will you live your purpose? Will you derail it? Will you live it out in your life for the remainder of your days? Will you stand fast in his grace, proclaiming victory in him? Or will you shrink back and let the darkness of this world have its way with you? You have to choose, my friends. Peter, once more, reminds them who they are. And that it's impossible, that's impossible that has taken place in their lives. Look what he says, verse 9. He says, but you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You, church, are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You were once not a people, but you're now a people of God. You were not once I received his mercy, but now you have received his mercy. God has given you a platform for life. He has put you right here where he wants you. You were born at this time for this time. You were called to himself for a purpose that is far greater than ourselves. And I love how this is couched. I love this couch. This is you who are following Jesus. We are following Christ's lead just as he came for a purpose. We have been called for a purpose. Just as he is a living stone, we are a living stone. Just as he is a high priest, book of Hebrews, we are a royal priesthood. Just as he came to proclaim the kingdom of God, we've been called to proclaim the kingdom of God. Does anybody see a pattern? Just as Jesus walked through, he de- oh, I think that he dealt with some suffering and pain. What do you think? We are called to push through our suffering pain and live out this purpose in him. Don't let the enemy shut you down. Don't let the pain and suffering shut you down. Stand up for him. In Jesus, you are a chosen people, royal priesthood, royal nation, right? You are God's special possession. Church, how much more edification do we need to understand our value to the king of kings? That we're not alone, As you walk through it, he is right here, here, inside, as his children. Just in case we forgot, there was a time that we were not his children. But God pulled off the impossible, now we are his children. There was a time when we didn't receive his mercy. But now there's a time that we have received his mercy. And mercy is not getting what we deserve. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Will we live it out? Will we choose to live it out? Or derail it? Man, if you just pick up this Bible, church, read your, right, read the scripture. We see this over and over again. Moses, an amazing example. 
Moses, I have chosen you for a purpose. And look how Moses responds. You go to Exodus chapter 3 and 4. He says, but God, not the but God's intervening that we walked through in that series, right, with his all his glory. But he's saying, but God, you've made a mistake. And only after he angered God did he concede and go do what God had called him to do. What about Jonah? Jonah, I've called you for a purpose. It's like, what, God? And that dude caused some of his own pain. I don't know about you, but I've never sat inside of a belly of a fish for three days. And maybe the best example that we can see this working itself out, we can look no further than the one who's writing this letter. Peter. Peter, chosen to be a disciple, to follow Jesus his whole life. He was chosen to be an apostle to set the foundation of the church. He was chosen on purpose for a purpose. And when we go back and look at Peter's life, the dude almost derailed it. Peter was the one in the garden when when Jesus was arrested, almost started a holy war because he yanked out his sword and cut off his soldier's ear. He was the one who denied knowing Jesus, following Jesus three times, and then the rooster crowed, and he was convicted of his position. He was the one who didn't wait when Jesus told him to wait for instruction, wait, it's coming, and he went back to his old job and became a fisherman, and then he saw Jesus on the shoreline and said, oh, let's have a fish fry, let's work things out. (laughs) He's the one when Jesus challenged him on his love for Jesus. While Jesus was putting him back into ministry service, looked around, saw someone else, and said, what about that guy? And Jesus like, no, you do you. You do what I've called you to do. But friends, Peter was also the one who recognized who Jesus is. That he said, you are the Messiah You are the living Christ, son of God. And he gave his life to follow him, to live out his purpose, until eventually it took his own life for being a follower of Jesus. We find our victory when we don't give up. We stand our ground. We realize that pain and suffering are a part of this world that we deal with. But we do not let us shrink back. We don't focus on ourselves. We have a purpose far greater than ourselves. Maybe that's something you can dig in your small groups this week. Where has the suffering or the pain or the hurt caused you to shrink back? Where has your world become smaller because the pain has become greater? What are some things that you can put in your life to start living that light out loud? You know what? I went back and forth to to share this this morning, but I want to just give you a phrase you can write down. Um that has carried me through a multiple 
moments of hardship, it's simply this. There is purpose in the pain. There is purpose in the pain. Friends, I don't like it. I don't want it. And I'm sure not going to go out of my way to find it. But when it hits my life, when I know there's a purpose for it, it helps me change my perspective. That my perspective is looking more like what God sees. It helps me stand fast in it. To glorify my God and to lead others to Christ. And can I just be honest with you? In the last five years, in life, in ministry, there's been an abundance of pain in my life. Steph and I sat down and talked about this just the other day. How much I've hurt. How much I've walked through. The only thing and the only reason I can come and be with my family week in and week out with glorious joy. Because I know there's purpose in my pain. And there's purpose in yours. Don't miss the opportunity that God has given you. Stand strong. Stand fast. Live bright. Because you have been chosen. You've been chosen for a purpose. And when we live it out, we tell the world the darkness that they face that they're in, doesn't stand a chance to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God loves you. He is with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your mercy, not giving us what we deserve. We thank you for your grace, giving us what we don't. Lord, I know, whether it's online or my friends and family here right in front of me, that we live in a broken world. We live in a world that deals with struggle, and we struggle ourselves. But as I read your word this morning, Lord, I'm fired up inside, knowing that in it, through it, and beyond it, you are still with me. You're giving me everything that I need. You're giving our church everything they need to stand fast in what we face. Help us see you in it and through it and glorify you at the end of it all, Lord, as we continue to reach people with the greatest message ever given to mankind that Jesus saves. Right now I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. And I don't know what 
you're walking through. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what's giving you a gut check this morning. But God does. And he wants you to be lifted up. He wants you to know that he is present. He wants to know how much he loves you. He wants to know that he is with you. And we as a church want to lift you up to him in prayer. So don't walk out those doors. Come and lay your burden at the foot of the cross. Let God do something that we didn't see coming in your life as he gives you what you need to stand and face what's in front. God, we thank you. Thank you for the overflow. Thank you for the overcome. In your son's name I pray, amen. God bless church. Have an amazing week.